As Protestants and Catholics, we worship the same God, we just do it a little differently. For example, Protestants worship God in their Bible studies, fellowship, and spirit-filled services. And Catholics worship God in their beautiful cathedrals, liturgies, and sacred traditions. But that's no reason to behave like prideful little children in the Father's house, fighting over who God loves more, just because we think our way is the best way. For there is no distinction between Jews and Gentiles, and there is no distinction between Protestants and Catholics. The same Lord is Lord of all, and is generous to all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We are all God's children, but the enemy has us distracted and divided against ourselves. Meanwhile, he's destroying our families and robbing our children of their future. We must join forces. Let's stop talking about how we are different and start talking about how we are all the same in our struggles. We are all broken and we all need a savior named Jesus. We like this idea so much we created Broken Catholic, the number one podcast in the world for Protestants and Catholics. Now close your eyes and take a listen as everyday Christians reveal shocking before and after stories of how they resisted or cooperated with God's plan for their life and what happened next. Hi, this is Dr. Scott Hahn and you're listening to Joseph Warren with Broken Catholic. You're going to enjoy everything you hear. Today, my featured guest is John King David Haskins. That's what he goes by in the type of work that he does and he specializes in helping men quit porn in 31 days by teaching them science-based strategies and rewiring their subconscious mind all right if that applies to you if you are a man who's dealing with porn and let's admit it over 50 percent of you good christian men are It's private, it's secret, it's behind closed doors, it's in your pocket. And if you're willing to get honest, and you've been praying for God to set you free from this because it's tearing away at your family, your your sons are going to end up looking at it because you are. Your daughters are going to end up with a guy who's addicted to porn because you are. Your wife possibly will leave you because she feels unloved, because you're trading her for a screen. I'm getting right into it, BC Nation. If this is you, then this is the show for you. And I'm hoping, I'm just hoping that this guy, John King David Haskins, is the real deal. That he has a solution for you. Now, he's got a coaching practice. He's helped a ton of guys already. He offers a guarantee that you will quit porn in 31 days. I kind of like that. I don't know. It's attractive. It's sexy. So is he for real? We're going to get into it. So, John, welcome to Broken Catholic, number one podcast on iTunes for Protestants and Catholics. Go ahead and fill some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Yeah, first and foremost, thank you so much for having me on. I've been looking forward to it. My name is John Haskins. I go by King David. And as you said, I help dudes quit porn in 31 days, guaranteed. That's my spiel. And it's simplest form. I'm 22 years old, too, which takes a lot of people by surprise. I look younger when I get rid of my beard, but to be 23 very soon. Dude, those those years matter. That, you know, going to be 23 coming soon. <laughs> Coming soon. Best year yet, man. Listen, I'm excited. 
you're only five years away from being 28. Okay. I'm just saying. Wow. Look at that. And Blow your mind. Right Blow your mind. <laughs> All right. Let's get into it. Uh, where do we want to start with this? Why you? Why porn addiction freedom? What happened in your life where God's calling you to this ministry? Because this, this puts a target on your back, and we'll yeah, get into does. that later. Tell us about it. So I first would have been exposed to pornographic material around the age of nine. I would have been scrolling through the app store on an iPod touch. And I saw a wallpaper app that was for just chicks in bikinis or whatever. And I was looking at the app preview and they were like photos. They, you know, it was censored, but like nine years old. Oh my goodness. So I felt an awful lot of things that I never felt before. And I, I remember this like sense of curiosity, but also this like knowing that I shouldn't be looking at this. Isn't that Probably fascinating? This. It's like innately, you know, this is wrong, but man, I'm really curious to see more. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause they had one photo that was like for 99 cents, you can remove this. And of course I didn't have a credit card or a debit card or anything. So I didn't see anything there, but it kind of progressed to, you know, searching boobs on, youtube and seeing where that take you eventually realized you could get on safari and like see the real thing so that went on for a good few years i would have graduated to like porn and like videos of porn around the age of 14 15 and remember like early high school not wanting to look at videos like i knew that was out there but i didn't want to reach that point because it felt too dirty or it felt too bad and inevitably i did end up falling into that so throughout high school, I would have watched a lot of porn and I actually would also got into sexting. So I was sending, receiving photos with, you know, chicks all around the world. And that was, that was, it was a dark time in my life. There was a lot of family stuff going on. My older sister had a bunch of health complications. So we were in and out of hospitals. So that was something that I would have escaped with. Like I remember there was a stretch when I was 12 and 13 while she was in a, the hospital for like a year and a half. And I would go into the hospital bathrooms and I just look at porn. So doing that in, you know, hospital waiting rooms, bathrooms, family rooms that they had is, is wild to me. So I would have gotten into high school around the age of 16, 17. I would have started to, to realize like, you know, this is probably more than just a sin. Like I always knew I shouldn't be doing this, but, and I hate to say it like this, but I didn't have good enough reason to stop. You know, it's like, it's, it's one thing to know that this is a sin. It's another thing to make that personal and to like really feel the weight of it. But I also, you know, it, my awareness wasn't to a point to even think that porn is causing other problems. You know, throughout high school, I had social anxiety. I did not talked to too many women throughout high school. Granted, I was, I was homeschooled, but that didn't play into any kind of social awkwardness. I was very well-adjusted homeschooled kid, very smart, uh, successful in what I put my mind to, but there was still porn. So 16, 17, I would have started like Google instead of like looking like for porn, I would have Googled how to quit porn. Like, can you get addicted to porn? And then I started to learn about the science. I started to learn about the role of dopamine in porn and how that can become a habit. And then of course, naturally I was like, well, I'm going to try to stop. I'm going to see how long I can go without it. 
I didn't make it very long. I, I couldn't go more than a few days, you know, because one of those urges, when those cravings would roll around, bam, 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 you be, I became powerless to it, became powerless to it. The justifications would roll in like, oh, you can you can just look a little bit. You don't have to masturbate to it. You don't have to. You can just take a peek. It'll be fun. And of course, that was enough to get the ball rolling and just start. And one thing that I run into and I and I tell my clients, especially Christian clients, that because that's where shame comes in. And it's really easy for shame, the enemy to come in and attack and be like, you've started. Go and do the whole thing. Go and just you've already started. Who cares? Go and do it, Yeah, which is important because in the event that you, if you're poor and free and you see something pop up on social media, because there are images all over the place. The last thing you want is for that shame to have any power over you. So 16, 17, I would have started getting into things like NoFap. I would have maybe tried to use site blockers, took on a few accountability partners, all of which were things that AI either didn't utilize properly or they just are outright ineffective. In my coaching practice, it is not my professional opinion that men use site blockers because in my opinion, those site blockers are outsourcing their ability to say no. If it's not them saying no to porn and yes to living porn free, it's what because what happens, what happens is they'll find a device that doesn't have site blockers or it will stop working. And then their brain is going to go full on like, yo, we can watch porn right now. So they end up having a binge session as a result of that. And and with accountability partners, what I in my own lived experience when I had them, they were usually they were it was one of two people, right? It was not an older guy, a mentor who never had a problem with internet porn. Maybe he saw the odd playboy here and there. Never had an issue with internet porn, so had no idea what I was going through. I had no idea what kind of support I would have needed and when I would have been struggling and how to get me out of that. And then the other issue that I'd run into was I'd have accountability partners that were also addicted to porn. And their advice wasn't very good because they didn't know what they were telling me, and I ended up doing the exact same thing to them. So... I remember 2018, it was my New Year's resolution to quit porn. And I went January, February, and March without looking at any porn. It was also senior year of high school. So I had some events that were going on, things that were keeping me busy. And I know a lot of people will be like, oh, just keep yourself busy. Well, I call that the band-aid of busyness because there's only so much that we can take on before we pop, before the stress, the tension becomes too much. And we end up going back to old ways. And in my case, it would have been April 4th, 2018, where I, I stayed up late one night for too long. And those thoughts just started rolling. Like, oh, it's been so long. This It's like a reward. It, oh, it won't cause a problem. So I would have ended up relapsing. And just the shame, the guilt, just the dirty feeling that I had and, and having the faulty mindset of thinking like, well, I'm an addict again. So I was so very next morning before I even got out of bed, I had already relapsed again. And as far as I'm concerned, the entire month of April of 2018 was just one long relapse. It wasn't until June 2019 that I would have escaped a relapse for the very first time. So I was in the bathroom doing my thing. And this voice sounded like my own voice, but this voice said, you're not going to feel any different after you finish. Why even bother? And for the first time in my entire life, I put the phone down and I and I went on and I took my shower and didn't watch porn, didn't masturbate. And it was in that moment that I realized 
if I said no to porn once, I can say it to it again and again and again and again and again. And by the time early January 2020 rolled around, porn free, porn free since. So and and throughout that period too, and I imagine this is something that listeners run into is a justification that I had. And it's it's just it's so gritty to think back on. But I remember like I would have been watching porn and this thought of, well, Paul had a thorn in his side. This can be mine. Because it was this weird way to like justify keeping it in my life. Because at that point I don't want to give it up. So if I could have my own little sin that kept me humble and reliant on God, then I could plausibly keep it in my life. You know, I find it fascinating that we can call a sin or justify a sin as, well, it's a thorn. And, you know, St. Paul had it. He was a saint. So I can even become holy with this thorn. And God gave him a thorn, so maybe God gave me porn as my thorn. Like God somehow gave us porn. We didn't actually go choose it on our own over and over and over again. So there's a lack of personal responsibility of taking ownership of all the decisions we made that created the addiction we're stuck in, isn't there? Yes. And that's one of the things. And that was one of the big realizations that a client had because he would have relapsed, I think, on like day. It was was between day 12 and 18 of of my program. And the big realization for him, the big post-nut clarity moment for him was, if I don't want to watch porn again, I just don't watch it again. He, he realized that that missing piece was the, was the responsibility. And I told him prior, I'm like, look, man, if you want to live porn-free, you just take responsibility for that outcome that you want. And it took that one relapse for him to realize, I don't ever want that to happen again. Been porn-free since. We worked together March, April of 2022. So taking on responsibility is very, very important. Yeah, you have to, in in one sense, you have to realize that, you know, it, it can feel like in the heat of the moment that you fall victim to porn. But at the end of the day, it's always the lack of taking on your own agency to get yourself out of that situation or to stop yourself. It's never like it doesn't just happen. You can always click the X button. You can always back out of it. You can always stop yourself. There's no one that's keeping you locked in that relapse other than yourself. So does it quitting porn, does it come down to simply making a definitive decision that you don't want to do this anymore? That sounds too simple. So in my practice... A lot of quitting porn comes down to mindset and also shifting your identity. It's not the only thing is making that decision. So you make the decision and then you will take action that backs up that decision. So what happened, what happened in his case is he would have stopped using the tools that I would have given him. Some of those strategies that he could use in the morning, throughout the day and in the evening. Because in his mind, it was, I've already quit porn. I don't have to use this stuff anymore, <laughs> which is a problem that my prior clients have ran into and I've since corrected. But it used to be, oh, I've already quit porn. I don't need to do the stuff that led me to freedom from porn anymore because I'm done with it. Because I asked I asked him, I'm like, hey, man, where are you using the tools? No, I didn't think I had to. That was our problem. So coupled with no longer using the tools and then 
losing sight of that responsibility. So afterwards, he realized like, yo, if I want to make this happen, if I want to sustain this, use the tools and keep your eyes on the prize. You know, so, be- in- so before we get into the tools, what they are specifically, how how long do men need to use these tools? Is this for the rest of their life? And if they have to keep using the tools to not relapse, are they really free from porn? That's a great question. It's a great question. So part of the big, one of the big mindset shifts that I instill in my clients is the difference between quitting porn and living porn free. Because quitting porn can be this very abstract goal that doesn't make sense or it's not something that anyone has experienced. Living porn free, I tell guys, I'm like, look, if you've gone seven plus days without watching porn, you've effectively experienced that energy boost, that confidence boost, and every other good thing that comes with quitting porn. So I tell them, like, you make the decision to live porn free. And in doing so, you take on like the identity of a porn free man. Like you visualize, what would I do if I'm porn free? And I help them figure that out. I help them paint that vivid picture. So when they think to themselves, I could watch porn or I could live porn free, the living porn free is enticing more than what porn is. So they can choose it and they can choose it naturally. And as far as the tools go, the tools then shift from using to quit porn, because if they're to quit porn and then you've quit porn, then you can stop using the tools, which then can lead to relapse. But if the goal is to live porn free, and those tools support living porn-free, then you'll want to continue to use those tools, or you'll find how they're applicable in other areas of life. Because at the end of the day, porn is used as a coping mechanism. 98% of the time, the urge to watch porn stems from stress. It stems from emotional tension that is manifesting as physical tension in the body. One thing that I tweet all the time over on my Twitter account is you don't watch porn because you're horny. You watch it because you're hurting. And if using the tools means you're able to deal with that pain, you're able to work through that stress, you're able to come up with solutions, then you realize down the road, oh my goodness, I can use this for other areas of my life. So the answer to your question is yes and no. It it depends on if you want to quit porn and the tools support quitting porn and you you run into that same problem that my you know aforementioned client had, or if the goal is to live poor and free, and you realize, I really like using this stuff because it makes me feel good, it, it makes my energy levels higher, it makes me sleep better, then it supports living poor and free, which you have to believe is your best life. Yeah, the best version of you does not watch porn. The best version of you is poor and free. And if you're poor and free, you do what a poor and free man does. Most of the clients, nine out of 10 that I've worked with, male clients, when we help them address the hurting in their life and start winning their inner game, the porn and other pacifiers just disappear because there's no need for them, like you're saying. Right. And before we got on, I told you my frustration where I have this one client who's 20-something-year-old, and uh, he was one of my earlier clients, so he came in at a much lower you know, investment, and mm. uh, he was financially struggling, but he decided, man, I want to quit porn so much, I'm willing to you know, put some of my last skin in the game. Mm-hmm. And though we made a lot of progress with him and we cleared up all the other hurting in his life, 
to the point where he finally attracted the girl of his dreams and he got married and he's close with God and he spends an hour every morning with God, he couldn't break the porn. He just kept relapsing to the porn. And the only thing we didn't correct yet was his financial situation. Mm. He was stressed the F out financially. <laughs> like to, to, yeah, be, yeah, to be, you know, Ooh. just straight to it. And he was jumping from job to job, just dead end jobs. And it was that financial stress, emotional stress that kept manifesting itself physically in his body. And then yes. he would use porn as the outlet. Do you think that's the only reason why we never got him free from the porn? Or did we miss something from just the information I shared? Mm. Mm. Something that could accelerate the process is where you get into like the subconscious wiring. So you want to think of the subconscious mind as it's, it's not the unconscious mind. I know there's some psychology verbiage that people will use and they think they're interchangeable, but the subconscious mind is the part of us that's responsible for like our programming. It's predetermined what our, it's predetermined what our response to certain things will be. So if your subconscious wiring says, when I feel stressed, I watch porn, you can change that subconscious wiring to go, when I feel stressed, I do X, Y, and Z to release it. And part of that is is just by realizing, you know, the urge to watch porn is not the urge to watch porn. It's the urge to release emotional tension. It's your response to that urge that's resulted in watching porn. So maybe coming in with a stronger understanding of what he's turning to it for. And then also, you know, one thing that I do with all my clients is I have them get in the habit of using a type of journaling frame journaling framework to release stress and tension before it hits kind of an urge baseline. Because you, you got to think, if you're turning to porn, you're probably pretty stressed out. And if you can keep those stress levels low, the desire for porn is lowered. And even just seeing it as a plausible way to release that tension is lowered as well. But in his situation, I would ask, you know, is he looking at porn as a sexual release, you know, I know that's, I mean, that's obviously the most common lens that people are going to look at it through. It's, oh, I, it's, it's, it's naked women. Of course I, it's, it's horniness. It's lust. Well, I'm more of the opinion that it's, it's the stress release. And it's also, you're looking to get a high from it. Mm -hmm. So if he's going in thinking, oh, and I get married, that'll cure my addiction. A lot of dudes make that mistake mm. and it can it lead to a lot of problems in marriage. A lot of problems in marriage. Yeah, I agree with you completely. And I think it was the latter. It, you know, it was stress. It was the financial stress of things just not working out. His career's not going anywhere. And 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 eventually he just gets to a point like, screw it. I worked so yeah. hard this week. My boss hates me. I hate my job. I deserve this. And he would relapse. Right. And he would share that with me. So I really get what you're saying about the subconscious mind as it's almost like little systems that we build into our businesses. Right. For example, like a calendar booking system that I use for my podcast. Like my 
conscious mind creates the intention of, okay, what do I want this to accomplish, this booking system? When do I want people to book? What are the days I'm available, et cetera? I do all this front-end work to this thing, and then I set it and forget it, and it just goes on right. this autopilot, so to speak, where it's a, yeah, a cause absolutely. and response, a cause and response. And uh, so similarly, you're saying that somehow – Maybe unintentionally, we have created that autopilot system right. that results in porn somewhere along the line. So stress equals porn, stress equals porn. And we could just go in and rewire that where stress equals whatever else we want to right. put in there to replace it. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, in a nutshell. And part of it is also rewiring your response to cravings. Part of it is rewiring your response to urges. I've had some clients that I'm working with recently that have told me they're like, as soon as I would feel cravings, I would just give in because I knew the only way I was going to be able to get over those is by is relapsing. But once I was able to help them change their perception of cravings, so like realize a what's actually going on and b what they're actually looking for, because a craving and an urge is just your body signaling, hey, something's wrong. We need homeostasis because our body likes to be balanced. It know the body knows what it needs, and our inability to listen to those needs can lead to discomfort, unhappiness, and health problems as well. So being able to listen to that, but first like hear like what what is it really? Like what what's this urge caused by? What am I really looking for here? If you look at porn from a kind of biological or neurochemical standpoint, a porn addiction is a dopamine addiction. So cravings for porn aren't cravings for porn, they're cravings for dopamine. And one of the reasons why we as humans will experience a heightened or an increase in dopamine cravings is because we're low in serotonin, we're low in oxytocin, we're low in vasopressin, which are other neurochemicals and our neurotransmitters and hormones that we need balanced and we need at the proper levels for us to be happy and for us to be healthy and for us to be content. But the brain knows a little dopamine goes a long way and it'll fix the problems of low serotonin, low oxytocin, and low vasopressin without actually increasing serotonin, vasopressin, and oxytocin. So the brain is like, what can we do to get this extra dopamine? And it'll kind of go through, you know, your, I guess your, your, your cheap dopamine list, right? Which junk food, porn, binge watching Netflix, scrolling through social media, especially TikTok for crying out loud. Um, those are kind of going to be the, the king cheap dopamines of the world. But also I'm sure, you know, you get into like business building, shiny object syndrome. My goodness, is that a source of cheap dopamine? So you gotta, you gotta, in part, you know, you need dopamine too. I don't want to vilify dopamine because dopamine is not just the chemical reward that the brain releases. It's also our key motivator. Dopamine released in anticipation of an event is stronger than the dopamine that's released as a reward. So you, and that's why a porn addiction leads to low motivation, low focus, low productivity, just feeling terrible, having zero energy. It's because you, your brain is at a point where it's conditioned to watch porn to get that dopamine that it needs because your baseline is so high because you're so desensitized to it. But until you relapse, you just feel off. So part of the process too is also lowering that baseline, going out and finding healthy ways to get that dopamine and then healthy ways to get the serotonin, oxytocin, vasopressin, and then also endorphins. Endorphins play a role in all that too. So this is 
not what I expected in this conversation. <laughs> it's turned into a lesson in biology. Of right? I got this down to an exact science, man. All right. I mean, listen, at 23 years old, you know, uh, you sound pretty educated in understanding the human body and how God designed it and what it needs and what it does um, to get balanced again. Um, and it will take even Band-Aids uh, for instant gratification to get balanced right. rather than addressing the core issue, which could look like, you know, taking some work or effort or facing some hard right. things or making real decisions in your life. Uh, so we have a pretty good knowledge or head knowledge now mm -hmm. of what's going on in us. And hopefully that has served you well as you're listening. But let's get into solutions. Let's get into tools. Yeah. Like what actually works, okay? Because you are you have a bold promise here. Yeah. All right. I'm reading right off your, your homepage here. And you said this, uh, this page has made you a lot of money already. You're already doing over six figures, right? Your second year in the yep. business. Um, it says young, old, religious, non-religious, married, single. None of that matters. Quit porn in 31 days guaranteed without using any willpower. I will rewire your subconscious mind for permanent freedom from porn. Okay. And then your promise, right? Mm -hmm. If you do relapse three times, I work with you for three months. How many times has that happened? Twice. Where Out of how many, if you than... don't mind me asking, approximately? Um, How many guys to date? I know uh, you just started the... this business. I think 20... How many dudes did I work with? I think I've worked with 60 plus dudes with the first version of my master of my mastery program, which and I've since released the sure. V2. And it's constantly um, evolving, right? You're right. Oh, dude, it's yeah. always growing. Oh, my yeah. goodness. I was yeah. working on it this morning for crying out loud. <laughs> okay, got so. it. So two guys out of 60, give or take, right? All right. What is it? that you're doing. When a guy comes to you, he clicks on your thing, your website, he's like, I want to enroll. He comes to you. What do you take him through? Like, what are the tools right. that actually yeah. work? At least give us a few of them. And if any of yes. one listening is going to be enticed to get the rest, right? But give us mm -hmm. what actually works so that we know this right. is for real. So one of the tools that when my clients use them, they get great results and they get quick results is my tension release exercise which is essentially a journaling framework. And what it does is it asks, it helps you ask the right questions to get to the root of tension and then start to solve the solution. So for the listeners who would like to incorporate this into their daily routine, I recommend using, or what I recommend is doing it two times per day. So the first time you want to use it in the morning, I recommend 30 to 60 minutes after you wake up, just because that's when your natural things start firing and you start to feel a little more energized. So when you sit down, what I want you to do is just ask yourself these two simple questions. What am I thinking and what am I feeling? And then write, 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 and write until you can't write any longer. And as you start to uncover those questions, what am I feeling? Well, if the answer is, oh, I'm stressed. Well, then the follow-up question, well, what am I stressed about? 
And the idea is through this process of figuring out what's causing the stress, what's causing the tension, when you're thinking about what are you feeling, is you can start to identify some of those roots. So for a lot of dudes, that's going to be work. Work is, it's, we're, we're made to work. We're supposed to work, but my goodness, because it can, it cause a lot of stress. So I had one client that I was chatting with today and he goes, yeah, I'm stressed, but it's work related. So I'm just going to set up the little system that I need to get through it. And he's, he's gotten through it. He could feel that coming up as tension, but he knew what was causing it because he identified it digging deep and then came up with some solutions. I call it, I mean, it's official name is the 20 minute tensionless exercise because it does not take a long time. So, so and there's a little bit more in the framework too. Yeah, for sure. So what's great about that is that these men are not, no longer getting blindsided by the stress, by the tension. They're identifying what right. it is. It's no longer an invisible enemy, which is almost impossible to fight, but they're, they're identifying it. Hey, I'm stressed. Why am I stressed? Well, this thing at work. Maybe a uh, follow-up question is, well, what can I do about it? Right. What, is, right. what, what am I in control of that could make this situation better? Mm-hmm. Right. What am I not in control of? What can I delegate to someone else? What, et cetera, right? And you could just go down the, right. the list of questions. Uh, does it always work? It depends on what you realize the solution to be. So generally speaking, the exercise in and of itself takes a weight off the shoulders. But sometimes you realize, ah, the full stress is not going to leave until I go do the thing. So it's it's in two parts. The exercise itself releases tension, and then it gives clarity to what we actually need to do to really release the tension. Maybe that's having a difficult conversation with your wife. Maybe that's, you know, maybe, you know, you need to go to the gym. Maybe, you know, uh, I'm not, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Maybe it's just going and doing those things. Um, could be, could really be anything. So, but yeah, finding your solutions, very, very important. There's bits in the exercise too, that helps find those solutions, but it, 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 it does that in large part by the why, 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 why getting deeper, deeper and deeper. Cause once you find a specific problem, it's a lot easier to come up with a specific solution. And that's also something that I do with my clients too, is if they're like, ah, man, I don't know what's going on. I'm able to sit down with them. Well, not text them. I'm able to work with them in real time to help them overcome those things. Because in my practice, I take accountability very seriously. I mean, one of the most powerful tools that I offer is the fact that I'm always at the other other end of the phone. Generally speaking, my second monitor right here has got Telegram loaded up. It doesn't right now because I would get distracted by it and I don't want that to happen. But even on coaching calls, I've had, like with other clients, I have my Telegram loaded up because you never know what's going to hit people. So I make I take it upon myself to reach out morning, noon, night, anytime in between and engage with my clients to make sure that, A, they're using what I've told them to use, that they're doing what they need to do, but also just to ensure that they're checking in with themselves and figuring out, how they're doing emotionally. Because like I said, you don't watch porn because you're horny. You watch because you're hurting. And when you can catch that stress before it builds up, before it escalates, before it reaches the quote unquote point of no return, you can live porn free very easily. All right, men, are you listening? Come on. God wants to set you free from this. All right. Now, John, let's talk about God. 
Yeah. Where does God play into living porn free rather than just relying on mindset, yeah, tricks that's, that's and good, tools and question. tactics? So it's it's double-sided because the program itself has some biblical concepts baked into it, but you're never going to, I mean, unless you are a Christian and unless it is based on the context, I'm not going to like this, the, the automatic solution is, oh, you need to read your Bible and pray more. Cause that's something that Christians have heard an awful lot of. That's something that I heard of in my own story. And I was like, guys, I need more. I need more to it. So I'm not going to default to that. But if I'm working with a Christian client, then that conversation can happen more naturally. So part of that is 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 realizing that that identity shift is biblical. We we take off the old, we put on the new, and that's something that we're affirming day in and day out. And part of it too, something that I've you know with my coaching clients and in my own life is you need God's strength. You can't do it on your own. I mean, you can come up with the mindset, the tools. You can get everything. Your you know your ducks in a row. But it's a lot easier when you take on help from God. You know, as men, we we need help. I mean, he made us a helper for a reason in women, but we also need to make sure that we're getting that from other men. And we need to make sure that we're getting that from God. So the God component in the program is, more, it's a bit more of a client-by-client -client basis, but there are things like the identity shift that come and play with you know, from biblically based and things like overcoming shame. I paint shame as an identity because shame is not, oh no, I made a mistake. Shame is believing I am the mistake. So once you realize that shame, that's an attack from the enemy. We don't need to be ashamed. God's picking us up time and time and time again. We don't want to abuse that, but he's always right there. And in, in my own life, a big realization I've had even recently is seeing God, or excuse me, seeing myself through the lens that God sees me through. He's got an awful lot of good things to say about me. And taking into practice and speaking those things over you, like, you know, one of the exercises is, is just as simple. It's, it's how to actually talk to your subconscious mind. And if you phrase, if you use the phrases, I want to because... And whatever that because is, is clear and visual. And it's something you can see in your mind. It helps rewire the subconscious mind. So when I have Christian clients, I'm always like relieved because I'm like, oh, good. I can like tell you some of these like, you know, these, these, these biblical bangers, if you will. Like you fearfully and wonderfully made, man. Like God has already, you know, well done, my good and faithful servant. To take that on in the moment. Wow. Very powerful very powerful. So it's so God's a little personalized with who I'm working with. So question to you on that, because I'm a business guy. Why not just stick to the guys that you can show up whole and complete with in your own beliefs? Why not just work with Christian guys in setting them porn free? It's a good question. Um, you know, from a business standpoint, one of the things I did was I did my market research and if you're going to do simple market research, book reviews on Amazon, and I was looking up books on how to quit porn. And one of the most common complaints was, this book is written by a pastor, but he said, I don't have to be a Christian to quit porn, and I'm not a Christian. So I thought that would be great. Uh, they read the book, and in a nutshell, it was, you need Jesus. 
And that's not going to work very well for an atheist or someone who is Jesus apprehensive, if you will. So I knew right away, like, hey, there are there are Muslims out there. There are atheists, there are agnostics, there are Hindus. There's all kinds of people who are struggling with porn because porn is not just a Christian issue. So I wanted to be able to help as many men as possible. And I also know that one of the best ways to help people find Christ is to just give my lived testimony so that they can see Christ through me. And if I'm working with more people than just Christians, I'm expanding the horizon of that. And then also, too, you know, it, it's cool when I work with like Muslims or when I work with non-Christians where I can just relate to them. And they, they're like, I'm not a judgmental Christian. I mean, never once are you going to hear me. Man, I can't believe you screwed up. Good job, man. Really? You watch? No, I'm not. I'm nothing like that. And for whatever reason, the judgy Christian thing is still a. People still see that. I don't get it. I sometimes I want my my brothers and sisters in Christ to push me in the right direction and be like, hey, man, you need to get this under a lock because we're supposed to do that. But whatever, whatever. So. I can work with more people if I keep religion out of it is the short answer. All right. What do you want to say to the man listening right now who's still skeptical? He's saying, I've tried so many of these get out of porn jail free cards and programs and nothing has worked for me. Obviously, I'm the outlier. Obviously, God doesn't love me or care about me enough mm. to set me free. I've been praying, and my prayers are unanswered. I've tried everything. I've invested money. I've gone to counseling. I've gone to therapy. I can't stop. What have we not said to that man that he needs to hear right now? Hmm. Part of what I would tell him, and I just, I said this on one of my group calls with clients last night, the guy, he introduced himself. Hey, my name is, and I'm addicted to porn and I've been addicted to porn for 13 years. And I, after he was done with his intro, I'm like, I'm going to stop you right there, man. I don't want you introducing yourself as an addict. I want you to right here, right now, take on that you are porn free. And I know some people, you know, that can sound a little woohoo, but like, when Christ comes and lives inside of you, that instantaneous, as far as I'm concerned, when you make the decision to live poor and free, that too can be instantaneous. But to someone who thinks they're a lost cause, I've worked with dudes who watch porn multiple times per day. I've worked with dudes who the last time they relapsed was a month ago. They just wanted to be sure that it was out of their life. So they hired me. Um, And, what I tell people, because if someone comes on a call with me and they're like, and they describe what you've just described to me, I'll tell them, I'm like, look, if you're not like my client who put himself in credit card debt, and at first I was like, oh, this guy's like super committed. No, that's actually a red flag. Please don't put yourself in credit card debt to work with me. Uh, anyways, he only messaged me like once out of, once every five to seven days. He attended one call but cut it short and stood me up on all the other ones that he scheduled and he only made it through the second module of the program he was very disengaged he was not serious about this and i'll ask people i'm like do you think he quit they'll go no i'm like so long as you don't do that you're gonna be golden 
And then beyond that too, I tell people, look, if if day 28, 29 rolls around, you're still relapsing. It's still less than ideal. I'm going to keep working with you. I'm a man of my word. So if the 31 days doesn't work, it's magic. I'm going to take care of you. And even if you get to that point, you have a relapse after those 31 days, I I hope that people reach out to me because I want to help them through that. So it's in, in my mind, no one's a lost cause. And I, and I hope people realize that by working with me before working with me, it makes it a little bit easier, but I've, I mean, I've never, I mean, and I've heard it all. I've seen, I've heard some weird stuff, man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't make it a habit to ask people what they're into, but every once in a while they'll tell me, I'm like, Oh, that's a bit odd, but I can work with it. So you're never too far gone. Just like with God, Christ, he's right there. You, you can, I mean, death can be knocking on your door. You can turn it all around. As far as I'm concerned, I look at, men through that same lens and if they believe that to be true themselves too and they're willing to do whatever it takes it's gonna work got it gotta be committed yeah all right bc nation we're speaking with john king david haskins that's uh his online name we'll call it <laughs> um and you know this by no means was my intention this episode to promote his business or what he's up to. I'm just meeting him today for the first time, but I really wanted to just with my own curiosity, see if he's the real deal and ask him those questions to reveal that, to see that. Now it's up to you if you think he is or not um, and draw your own conclusions from that. And if you're sitting there and you're like, I have tried everything, Joseph and Every time I get my hopes up and I hire someone new or I read a new book around this or whatever, I pray a new type of prayer to God around this. Every single time I'm disappointed and I'm just exhausted. I'm tired of trying. I don't think I'm ever going to get free from this. I hear you. I felt that way when I was addicted to sex. Porn was part of it, but that wasn't the strongest prison. It was it was the sex addiction for me. And I remember going back to John's point, my strength was not enough. And when I finally realized that, that there was nothing I could do in my own strength that would get me set free. Nothing. And I stopped trying to control the recovery. Mm -hmm. And I surrendered it all to God, the entire matter. And I just got honest with him. And I still remember to this day what I said. And I said, God, I know you want me to stop this because I'm hurting a lot of your daughters out there. I don't mean to. I know it's wrong. I know it's a sin. But I'm having way too much fun. And I have no desire to stop. So if you want me to stop, which I know you do, then I give you permission to put the desire in me, in my heart, to stop. Mm. Because right now I don't have the desire. And I'm tired of forcing it or faking it. It's not working. So until you put that desire in my heart, now that you have permission from my own free will, you have access to my heart, go in, do the surgery, do whatever you need to do, even if it hurts me. 
until you do that, I'm going to just go on sinning. I'm going to go on messing up. Now, John, that probably sounds so far into so many people, that type of praying. But I'll tell you, it worked. Because God loves an honest, yeah. contrite heart. And it was honest. It was like, <laughs> I don't want to stop. <laughs> I'm having too much fun. Yeah. But it wasn't long after. It was a matter of weeks where after the deed, I was like, I just felt like I don't want to do this anymore. It's not even satisfying. Like I'm just yeah. done with it. And it was it wasn't like a big aha moment. It was just uh there's nothing there anymore around it. And all of a sudden I had this desire to stop that I didn't have before. And right. God did that. His power did that. And then the next step was, all right, now that I desire to stop, how do I stop? And then it was just the same process of just surrendering to God and giving him permission to take over the whole matter. And he did, and he set me free. So I want that for you, my brother, as you're listening, and I hope my own personal story and vulnerability helps you in your story of freedom, because that's the point. God is in the business of healing, right, John? Amen. That he is. Amen. And he uses people like John and myself as advocates in that. But it's God's power that heals. It's not us. It's not you. It's yeah. not your strength. It's not our our biology lessons <laughs> or our mindset coaching that gets you set free. It's none of that. Those are just tools. It's God's power activated in your broken heart and your twisted and effed up mind that clears out all the darkness. John, speak to that before we wrap up. Yeah. One thing, too, if, if, if people come to me, I don't want to be seen as like the cure, the ultimate solution. I believe that my stuff works for anybody and it can help anybody get out of porn. But I can't quit porn for you. And I've got a thing on my website that says that. And it's got to be, you got to come to that with your own genuine desire. And you, sometimes you got to hit that wall. You've, I've tried everything. I've been through everything. I cannot do this on my own. I've experienced that a lot more with running my business because as I'm scaling, as I'm helping more and more people, the pressure for me to perform, because I've been open and honest about quitting porn, quitting weed, quitting nicotine. I mean, I've been through the ringer with a few of these things. And there are times where a stressful day rolls around and I'm just like, I got to do something. And the, the prayer is, I'm like, God, you got to do something. You got to be that strength. You got to be that fulfillment. So that's my, I mean, God comes in in those, those moments when you need him most, but you got to ask him because he wants to help. And, you know, I've heard you say free will. He wants to help, but yeah, you got to give him permission. You have to ask God, God, come into this. Be the solution. Be the cure. Fill me with your strength. Make this possible. Because I can help people. I've helped a lot of people. But at the end of the day, I want your final nail in your porn addiction's coffin to be Jesus Christ. Amen to that. All right, brother. So if that is you and you feel you're at rock bottom, congratulations. 
you have to hit rock bottom before you have the breakthrough. The breakthrough happens after the bottom. You got to hit the bottom. All right. So if you're there now and you feel miserable and, and you're exhausted and you don't know what to do, congratulations. You're ready. Now you're you ready. ready. Right? You weren't ready before. You were still prideful and trying to control the whole thing. When you finally feel you have no control over it, you're ready. Now God can take over. Now he'll be glorified in your breakthrough because you can't take credit for it because you ran out of you. That's the beauty of it. That's yeah. the secret sauce, people. The secret sauce. All right. We're speaking with John King, David Haskins. All right, John. Welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the confession round. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. It's like a game show without the prizes. Are you ready? I'm as ready as I can be, man. All right. What's your favorite thing about God? He fills me up when I cannot fill myself up. Amen. What's your least favorite thing about God? Sometimes when I don't want to be filled up, he still is like, hey, you got to do this thing, man. Come on. Let's go. I, uh, <laughs> always call me to a higher standard, man. Sometimes... My laziness. That's yeah. He's, it's he's, so annoying. I just want to be complacent. God, bug Sometimes off. I just right? want to watch Netflix for a day, man. Come on. <laughs> God, we're Netflixing and chilling. Come on. <laughs> all right. I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life. It's just part of the human condition. What are you currently challenged with right now, either professionally or personally? Ugh, healthy work-life balance, man. Because I'm, I mean, I'm living on my own now. So I've got to, I got to make my food. I got to eat my food. I got to go to the gym. I got to read my Bible. I got to, and then I got to run a business and help people on top of all that. Jeez. Doing things I've never done before at the ripe old age of 22, almost 23. <laughs> wait till you add a wife and kids to that mix, bro. Oh man, I can't wait. You got nothing right now, I man. I can't wait. Yeah, oh, tell me about it. You're in easy Humble street, me, man. What are you most afraid of? Not getting married and having a wife and kids. Got it. What did you spend way too much time doing this past year? Not taking the next step, leaving my hometown. Okay. What secret fear do you have about people? There, some of them are actual NPCs, non-playable characters. <laughs> Non-what? Non-playable characters. Okay. Non-playable characters. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God? Ooh. That that he that he picks me up regardless of how much I've done or how little I've done. He just he's there right away. And it's when I accept that, man. That's what it, yeah, that's what it is. I wish I would have internalized that sooner. Like so many of us don't understand that by nature God is a savior. That means if you need saving, like perfect. Yeah, that's, that's why he's there. That's the whole point. That's like, like, fine. I can do my job. Yeah. It's like, God, it's me again. I messed up. Oh, I know you don't want me to. He's like, no, yes, let's go. It's the prodigal father. Yeah. He gets to save you again. What's a new habit you're going to create this year? Definitely be more consistent in the gym. Right. More consistency. And, 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 and just working through things when I get stressed out. I mean been a creature of habit and when i feel stressed i'm i'm working through it 
So Jimin's just working through it. What's a bad habit you're going to break? That's a good question. I try not to add, ask bad questions on my show, John. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Bad habit. Sometimes I'll turn to things like going for a walk or socializing when I really should just work through the problem. So sometimes escapism can manifest itself as what I would perceive as a good habit. Mm -hmm. But it's actually like, don't just go do the hard thing. Mm, yeah, it's going for, uh, you know, something good rather than what's best, possibly. Right. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Pick three words to describe who you are now. I'm unstoppable. I want to internalize that a lot more. Okay. Pick three words to describe who you were before, before you started living porn free. Depressed, defeated, and hopeless. Got it. And last question. If you could come back to life after you died and tell your family and friends, especially your male brothers, your compadres, only one piece of advice about God, about relationship with him, what would you say to them? Be really honest in your prayers goes a long way and like and look there have been times where i i've never like cussed at god but man i've used some colorful language in my prayers before and being able to take that frustration and express that to the creator of the universe i don't know about you but i always feel better afterwards it's like somehow our words can't break him who knew yeah 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 <laughs> who knew this is the time of the show where you get to give uh, BC Nation, my audience, a homework assignment for the week. For all our men listening right now, what is one action step they must take, they need to take if they want to live a porn-free life? What must they do this week? Journal a minimum of five minutes in the morning and the evening and answer those two questions. What am I thinking? What am I feeling? And don't stop until it feels like the right time to stop. So you get it all out. You got to dump out the head trash, people. Let's go, yes, man. Do. Dump out the head trash. Don't be afraid to feel. Because not letting yourself feel is one of the reasons you're in this rut. Dude. Dude. So true. But society says men don't feel. Yeah. How dare you? You don't have the right yeah, to even feel. Yeah, this society, too. It's how do, we, how do we still have that? I don't know. It's weird. All right, BC Nation, did you enjoy this episode with John Haskins? Did you? Did you? Did you? If you did, prove it. Go to brokencatholic.com. Go to Apple Podcasts. Go to stitcher.com, whichever you prefer, and write a honest review about John and how he showed up for you today in your life, in your story. And if we like what you write, we'll give you a live shout out on the show, just like I'm about to do for handle B hyphen poor, be poor. I don't want to be poor, but that's his handle. All right. Five-star review. How would I answer that question is the title. He said, Joseph asked penetrated questions that draw meaningful insights from the podcast guest made me think about how I would answer some of the questions he asked. Very helpful. Enjoy.
All right. Thanks, be poor. Would you be wealthy, though? Come on, man. Be wealthy. False identity. Anyway, go write your five-star review if you so choose. And John, they've been waiting. Listeners have been waiting. There's a guy who's been listening for an hour. And he's like, how do I get in touch with John? Where do I go? What do you got for me? The easiest way to ask me a question directly is to look me up on Twitter at KingDavidQPS. That's capital K on the King, capital D on the David, capital Q, capital P, capital S. But make sure you like actually click the search button and then look under the people tab because there is a search suggestion ban. So if you've never interacted with me before, I will not pop up. I like to use the word porn a lot. And for whatever reason, it's not like they don't really like that very much. I don't I don't get it. Um, That's the easiest way to ask me a question. But if you want to work with me, go to enroll.quitpornstrategies.com. Once again, that is enroll.quitpornstrategies.com. And if you have a site blocker, please turn it off before you go to my website. I got a kick out of you like, hey, the easiest way to find me, to get in touch with me, <laughs> search me is on Twitter. And here's the complicated 28-step way to yeah, do dude, that. <laughs> that was great. Well, I guess you can find me on Instagram. Same handle, at KingDavidQPS. Might be a little bit easier to message me there. <laughs> Two steps less. All right. <laughs> yeah. We've been speaking with John King David Haskins. Uh, quick point. QuitPornStrategies.com, right? That's the website? Yep. Yeah, and roll.quitpornstrategies.com. There you go. All right. Check him out if uh, God put that on your heart. John, thank you for being on Broken Catholic. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, sir. Thank you so much, man. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. Cheers. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on a bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently. Like be done with the addiction. Be done with the medications. Be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? 
Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net and let's see if I'm your guy.